I've re-recorded this episode like seven times now. I don't know why this one was so hard. This is this one's harder than my my part one of my mental health story, which is weird because I don't feel like this is that bad. But at the same time, I don't know, like, I guess the, the problem is in the is in the title itself, which is funny because, like I said, in the last episode, or the mental health one, I totally exposed myself. So I don't understand why this one's so hard anyway, but we're going to get through it. Really quickly, I swear, every time I'm about to start recording, I always feel like I have to burp or I have a frog in my throat. <laughs> Good times. So, all right. Anyways, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Uncensored Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Stephanie. Um, thanks again for joining me for this week's episode. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you supporting me. Um, it means the world. Um, and let me just quickly give a shout out to Belgium because I've officially reached somebody's ear in Belgium, which is really exciting. I'm like so, so thrilled about it. Um, so again, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, I hope you never get tired of hearing thank you because I promise you I will never get tired of saying it. So, um, okay. So in today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about my experience with hiding myself. Um, you know, and to be, to be honest, like I said, I had re-recorded this one so many times. Um, I wasn't really sure that I wanted to record this episode. Um, I overthink a lot, so I was worried about how the episode would, would come together, like if I would get my point across or if this would just turn into a 30-minute rant, you know. Um, but something happened recently that's um, pushed me to do the episode. So, so before... Before I started this podcast, I had a lot of ideas about things that I wanted to talk about. Um, once I once I actually started recording, it felt it felt good to like tell my stories and share my experiences and just open myself up. And the more episodes I did, the more comfortable I felt. And um, you know, I'm, I mean, this is only my sixth one, but still, I feel like you know, I'm I'm comfortable. I'm I'm good. I'm enjoying this. I'm having fun. I I like it. You know. Um, and I still have so many, so many more episode ideas, um, that I want to discuss, but I've noticed that I'm kind of been holding off recording the, uh, taboo and I'm doing like quote unquote taboo subjects. Um, I recently gained, um, a couple of listeners that, that kind of have me questioning whether to record certain topics, like like I guess like the best way to describe it is imagine if you if you were a play okay I guess this is more speaking to women <laughs> imagine if you were a playboy model and you did like a photo shoot you know and you did a spread but imagine your dad was subscribed to playboy magazine um I would think that you'd feel a little weird about your dad seeing you naked and sexualized like I know I would so if it was me I would be that would be in my head and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do it because I don't want my dad to see see me like that, like my friends or my family. So I would essentially hide myself and and you know hide what I wanted to do or who I am because I don't want to disappoint other people or I don't want to offend other people or um, I don't want to be judged or criticized. So instead of doing what I want to do, I'm going to do what I think I should do or what I think other people want me to do. And I've always struggled with 
overthinking, you know, worrying if being being myself would turn people off or it would if it would offend someone or just how I'm being perceived, you know, things like that. Um, so I've been doing some reflecting. And after speaking to my near and dear, you know who you are, um, you know, I was reminded that um, this is my podcast. This is about me. This is my life, my stories, my experiences. I can't hide myself. You know, I'm 36 years old. If I can't, if I can't be my authentic self now, then when? When I'm 60 and I don't have anybody or when I'm 80 and I don't have anybody in my life to disappoint anymore or worry about disappointing or offending, that doesn't really sound like a, a good life. Oh no, my battery's going to die. Such a rookie move. Okay, give me one second. I'm going to plug this baby in. We're in the process of upgrading some equipment, so just bear with us. I promise we will get our shit together. Um, okay, where was I? So um, as I was saying, you know, I'm, I'm 36 years old. You know, I, if I can't be my authentic self now, then when, you know? And I mean, the podcast is called Uncensored, you know? It's also, it's also marked explicit. You know, I might cuss like a sailor and likely say something pretty inappropriate. You know, if I censor myself, then I'm not being true to myself. And that defeats the entire purpose of this podcast. So I think I just needed to be reminded to keep doing what I'm doing, you know. Um, so that being said, that being said, um, there's going to be an abundance of topics um, that I want to discuss. Mental health, relationships, family, sex, sometimes just random rants, you know, whatever I, I feel like talking about um, for that episode. Uh, but you'll always know, you'll always know what the episode will be about because there's always going to be a title um, or a description, you know. So if you read that and you feel like it's not for you, please move on. Not everybody is going to like everything that I put out. That's okay. You know, if talking about anal is offensive to you, maybe don't listen to that episode. <laughs> you know, I think that's the good thing about speaking on so many different things. There's bound to be something for everyone. So, okay, moving on. So as I said, this episode is going to be about hiding myself. Um, so most of my most of my life, I've been kind of programmed to hide myself. If you if you recall from my mental health episode, I talked about how my feelings were dismissed when I mentioned having negative thoughts. Um, so of course, it made me feel like I was wrong, you know, or what what I was feeling was wrong. So I I you know I tried to hide it or ignore it, you know. Um, of course, that made me not want to talk about it. Um, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's why it's hard for people to ask for help. There's, there's just so much shame that surrounds mental illness. And I worried about, you know, putting myself out there in, in fear of criticism, judgment, disappointment. Um, I never, I never wanted to feel like, like I was the broken one or the damaged one, um, or the fucked up one to put it lightly, you know, but, but this is who I am, you know, it, it, it's what makes me, me, it's what gives me a good heart. It's what makes me empathetic. You know, it's scary as hell to put yourself out there, but there's also so much power in vulnerability, you know, um, putting that episode out was important to me. Um, you know, and in, in the past several years, I've got I've I have gotten better about opening up and being my authentic self, you know, but it's always going to be a work in progress. I'm always going to question myself and I'm always going to need to hype myself 
up, I guess would be the word. And I'm always going to need to pull myself out of it and just go for it, you know. Um, but I think I think it started for me long before I was diagnosed with depression and all that. Um, I had a pretty rough childhood uh, to kind of to kind of sum it up quickly because it's a long story and I'd rather you just waited for my book about my life story which hopefully I don't know if it'll be done this year honestly um but I'm hoping we're working on it um but to kind of to kind of sum it up uh I was abandoned by my dad at birth I met him once when I was two and again I think I saw him again when I was about nine when he tried to get custody of my sister and I and the last time I saw him I was in my early 20s so of course you already feel like you're not good enough because you were abandoned by you know a parent like somebody who gave you life you know Um, so I lived with my mom and my my three sisters in, in California with my grandparents um, I, we lived there, I think until I was about seven and then my mom, my sisters and I moved to Washington. I don't really remember what for. I just know we moved to Tacoma, Washington. We lived in low income housing. We lived in and out of shelters. We got our food from food banks. You know, we just, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, my mom did drugs and, um, she hit us. Uh, she, she was abusive and I know like a lot of people in older generations would be like well I whooped my kids all the damn time with switches and and branches or whatever belts and everything but I mean teach their own new parent however you want to parent but I feel like this was a bit you know excessive so um so when I was nine we came back to California to visit my grandparents and at at that time when we came back to visit um, my mom my mom had to go back to Washington for god I don't know why I'm remembering like community service like she had community service or something so she went back for community service we stayed with my um, grandparents and my sister my oldest sister and I told my grandma about everything that we had gone through you know, in Washington and everything that was happening. And so what, what happened was my grandma basically took us from my mom and she got temporary custody of my sisters and I. So, um, when my mom came back, it was kind of like, okay, you're not allowed in this house and you're not allowed to see them without supervision. And I guess we kind of officially became like somewhat of a ward of the state so we had a court date and the judge asked, you know, who we wanted to live with. We chose my grandparents. And from then on, my mom hasn't really been in my life. Um, even matter of fact, I, I haven't seen her in about maybe 26 or 27 years. And looking back, looking back at that and the whole court thing and everything, I, I feel kind of sad for her, you know. And um, I know it wasn't a good situation we were in and I get all that. But I, I still feel bad. Uh, I think it's just my empathetic self. I just can't imagine it's, it was easy to hear that your kids don't want to live with you. You know, um, I guess I could, I could put myself in that position, even though I'm not a mom, I can still put myself in that position and and understand how she would, would have been feeling. Um, so anyway, because of all the events of my childhood, it created a lot of childhood trauma, which has yet to be resolved. (laughs) 
Um, and ultimately that was the root cause of my, you know, mental illness, you know, because of the abuse, um, and the neglect, you know, uh, it was hard to feel like I could be myself because I felt like I wasn't wanted, you know, and, and I didn't know what I could do to make myself wanted. Um, I don't know. I just always felt like it always felt like I was doing something wrong. Even if I wasn't, it was just easier to just shut down and not say anything. Cause I, I never, I never knew when, I don't know when I was going to do or say the wrong thing. And do you ever just feel like you have to walk on eggshells? Like you're in fear of someone like, you know, snapping at you. Cause that's how I felt. So it made me a, a really sensitive person made me put up a guard whenever I was around people, uh, never shared my emotions or my true self. Cause I was just always afraid, you know, I bottled everything up and we, obviously we know what happens when you bottle everything up. Eventually you snap, not necessarily in a violent way. I'm sure some people do snap that way. That was never me. Um, mine was more like, I don't know, like I would have a panic attack or I would just scream really loudly or I would just cry or, you know, um, so yeah, I just, I don't know. I was always just afraid to like react or defend myself. So obviously I struggled a lot. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, kind of have like another example, I guess is, um, I had a manager that she used to have the worst moods. Uh, whenever she was pissed about something, she'd storm the halls in our office. And if you were in her way, when she was walking down the hall, she would damn near run you over. Like there were many times that I had to like turn around and run the other way, or I would basically throw myself into the wall just to get out of her path because I didn't want to, you know, just, I don't know. I just felt like she was going to mow, like freaking mow me down or whatever, you know? And yeah, she was, she was a bitch. Uh, her favorite, her favorite thing to do was to like, I don't know, like belittle you, you know, talk to you like you were an idiot. I don't know. It just, I think, I feel like people, I feel like maybe people can sense that I'm like quiet, you know, I'm quiet. I know that it doesn't seem like that, but that I'm quiet or like I'm soft or weak or something. And so they take advantage of that. I remember this one specific day, there was an issue at work. We were trying to get a wire out to a client. And it wasn't working. Um, I think there was like not enough money in the account is what it was. And I told my manager that it wasn't going through. There wasn't enough money. Well, I didn't know what to do because I, I, I mean, I wasn't new, but I haven't, I hadn't come across this issue before. So I didn't know what to do. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? You ask. So I asked the manager and um, she was like, huh? oh, well, I guess it's not going out. She wasn't worried about it said this said something two or three times she wasn't worried about it finally at the end of the day I think the client followed up like hey where's my money or where's this and that and she like flew off the handle she's like wait this didn't go out how come nobody didn't tell me and another person was like we did tell you and she was just this is bullshit and you know you guys should have told me sooner and basically even though we did she just acted like we didn't you know and um it, it just, I remember being like, like she, it, obviously I know she was blaming me. Like she wasn't saying anything directly to me, but I was the one that was in charge of trying to send it out. So I know she was blaming me and she would just do those things that people do where they are talking shit about you to themselves and out loud, but not to your face. 
it's just it was just a shitty thing you know and she just made it hard to be there and I remember that day when I walked out of the building I walked outside soon as I stepped out into the parking lot I screamed like the loudest scream ever it was like a blood-curdling scream and people it was so loud people who were in the building stepped outside on the balcony and they're like what the hell is going on is somebody being murdered out there because it was just such a loud scream because I was just so frustrated I, I wanted to just go off on her like you know like you're fucking crazy this is your fault we told you but no because then I would have been fired so instead I just bottled, bottled it all up and went outside and released my uh frustration um but like she just made everything hard like it was hard to ask for vacation time like it was hard to ask for an hour or two for a doctor's appointment like if anyone ever had the guts to say something to her she just made herself the victim and then afterwards, it just got worse. You know, she just became a bigger bully. You know, of course, I never said anything because I feared the consequences, you know, losing my job or her lying and trying to turn it on me. You know, I feel like most companies, most companies have that no retaliation policy, but I've never seen one actually be enforced because anytime I've ever said anything to management, shit has always backfired. I feel like managers are the, one that, the ones that are protected. And I think I saw an article that said HR isn't for the employee. HR is not to protect the employee. It's to protect the employer. So, and to be honest, HR was worse. HR used to throw things at me whenever she was pissed about something. Like she'd ask me to do something a certain way. Like she would say, stamp it in the, stamp the date in the right corner. So I would stamp it in the right corner. And the next day she'd say, why'd you stamp it in the right corner? You need to stamp, stamp it in the left. So the next day I'm like, okay, stamp it in the left. Then the next day she's back to the right. It's just, it was just exhausting. I don't know. I think some people just like to be miserable. Like they say misery loves company. So it was just, it was just a really toxic work environment. You know, I'm just really glad to be out of it. I think it just made me, I don't know, just, I don't know. It just made me hate corporate America, to be honest, as most people I think probably do. But um, it just, I think like, it made me just afraid to speak up, you know, like, and, and, and defend myself, you know, it's funny because like with Jeremy and I don't, this is just because we're married. Cause I don't even feel like I'm this, like, I don't even feel like I can be myself sometimes when I'm around family. Like I, I feel like I filter myself or I hide certain parts of myself, um, from family, um, even family I'm close to like Jeremy, you know, Jeremy always jokes that like, um, I don't know, like, like my heart is too pure. And so I don't like, like, I don't know how I'm trying to explain it. Like, I don't know. So it's, it's why I don't, I don't stand up for myself because I don't want to, I don't want to piss anybody off. You know, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm always thinking of other people over myself, which is like terrible. I know. Um, but it's funny cause I speak up for Jeremy. Like I speak up with him. If he's doing something like I'll check his ass. <laughs> that sounds so bad like I wear the pants no it's not like that but like whenever he's mad about something like if he's watching the game and he's yelling at the tv or if someone cuts him off or you know but I say it in a nice way I'm like babe like let's let's calm down let's let's count to 10 you know let's meditate you want to meditate with me but he's he's a lot better at controlling his anger than he used to be he used to have bad anger um and this isn't talk to talk about Jeremy I told him I was going to bring him up in this episode and he was okay with it but he used to have really bad anger issues you know he would I don't know like he would throw things like even if it was a, a couch 
um, cushion. He would throw a couch cushion at the TV if his team lost or he'd, um, if he was playing in a game like baseball or softball, he'd get off the field and he's like, fuck, you know, or, um, one time he thought he lost his wallet and he punched a glass window and it broke. And I found the wallet underneath the seat that he had said he looked for, but didn't find, but I went out there and found it. Um, but just things like that. So I, I nipped all that in the bike. Cause I'm like, dude, I had an abusive childhood and not that he was ever abusive to me. Never. He never laid a hand on me ever. Or he's never been like, you're a bitch or fuck you. Nothing like that. Um, but I could see that he would get angry at other things and react certain ways. And I'm like, dude, I can't be around that. Like, I just can't. I've been around that my entire life and I can't, I can't go back there. It's like, it's almost like PTSD. Like I just shut down, you know, I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm probably going off topic a little bit, but all of this is to say that my childhood made me fear everything, made me fear being myself, made me fear speaking up for myself. It made me fear sharing my emotions or my thoughts, you know, my ideas, everything, you know, anything, anything about myself that could possibly cause someone to judge me or hate me or, you know, yeah, I guess that's the best way to describe it. Um, whenever I'm around people who are like that, it just comes, it just comes right back to when I was a kid, you know, and when, and I wanted wanting to make a, a, a shitty situation better. You know, I question myself. I wonder if I should change X, Y, Z to make this person happier. What could I do to turn this person's mood around? You know, and I don't know, maybe if I let them yell at me, I just take it. It'll make them feel better. Maybe if I didn't say this or I didn't talk about that or maybe if I didn't look a certain way. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's all coming from a place of just wanting to be accepted you know, like I wasn't accepted or wanted as a kid. So I feel like I'm constantly trying to change myself in order to, to be what people want or like or love. And to, and, and that to me is a, the definition of hiding yourself. You can't be yourself, which is a shitty feeling. I don't know. I, I feel like it's almost like I, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm the type of person too, where I feel like I don't even like to tell somebody if somebody's done something bad to me. Like if somebody's offended me in a certain way and I'm going to tell them like, hey, you know, you hurt me. I don't even like telling them that because I feel like me telling them that now hurts them. So then I feel like I'm doing to them what they did to me and I don't want that. So instead, if somebody offends me or calls me a bitch, I'm just like, okay, you know, I don't say anything. I guess I'm maybe I am a bitch. I don't know, which is terrible I know it's all fucked I know <laughs> I know how this sounds uh, but it is just the way that I grew up you know I always I think like with everything I'm saying I, I just I, I associate dissatisfaction and anger with abuse and abandonment you know dissatisfaction and anger like to me it means that a person doesn't love me or that they're gonna leave me and since I don't want that to happen, I end up holding everything in, which eventually just causes me to snap, you know, um, or I just avoid being myself, which means I don't go after the things that I want, or I don't do the things that I want, or I don't do things that make that I know will make me happy because I worried what this person or that person might think. Does that make sense? I wish we had like a live button. So like, did you guys, are you guys following along or am I just, is this a rant? <laughs> um, I think that now that I'm in my 30s, I've been better about recognizing when I'm doing this and, and pushing myself through it. And I do have, you know, a support system that's 
good about, you know, pushing me, but I think I am better about like pushing myself. You know, that's why eventually I, I decided to record this episode. You know, it's because life is too short to just, I'm, like I said, I'm 36. It's too short to be walking around on eggshells or pins and needles, you know, afraid to be my authentic self because it might offend someone, you know. And I like the, like the recent episode I recorded about my mental health, that it felt scary as shit to go, to go through with that episode, you know, to get all that off my chest. But it also felt really therapeutic, which I liked. Um, but after the episode dropped, I felt bad. Um, I, I started worrying about like what I said in it, worried that it may have hurt someone. Um, Jeremy, you know, he assured me that the only thing that mattered is that I spoke my truth. You know, I can't be anything but authentic. You know, we only have one life. And if I spend it trying to please everyone or never, never sharing um, my emotions and, and always just hiding myself, then it's going to be a long, sad, depressing life. You know, and I don't know. But that was a lot as usual. I mean, the episode, it's, we're only at like 25 minutes and I just feel like that was just like a full on rant. You know, I hope all that made sense. Um, maybe it resonated with some of you. Maybe it didn't. Um, you know, thank you again for being here and listening. I really do, really do appreciate you. Like I said, I'm never going to get tired of that. I honestly do. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's almost like you guys are sitting here like, like, like these are my therapy sessions and you guys are sitting in on it, you know? I don't know. Maybe it's helpful in some way. I know it's helpful for me to just put it all out there, even though sometimes I still doubt myself. I'm working really hard, you know, on changing that. I'm working really hard on this. I love sharing. I love talking about all of this, you know. Um, but I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Um, thank you again for being here. I really appreciate you. As I said 37 times already, I'm going to have to start counting that. Um, and um, be sure to tune in for the next episode in two weeks or sooner I don't know I really kind of like having those surprise drops here and there keep you guys on your toes but um, anyway that'll do it for this week thanks again for listening I kind of wish Jeremy was here to say we gone <laughs> all right okay bye